Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 370. People don't really know what they want until they see it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Dave O'Connell. Dave, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am buckled up and ready for a fun ride. Absolutely. Cool. Dave O'Connell is the chief designer at Catskin Automotive Leather. He is a Los Angeles native and a graduate of Art Center College in Pasadena. His career includes working for the Automobiles Peugeot and at the Center Style Citron in Valise, just outside of Paris. He designed the Citron AZ exterior and the initial concepts of their SM. He worked at Mitsubishi Motors Research and Design, where he was the chief designer on the Eclipse, the 3000 GT, and their Montero Sport. David has served at the Art Center faculty since 2001 and their mentor program. He's a Concorde judge. He enjoys surfing and restoring and riding vintage motorcycles. And I'm wondering, will we be finding you at SEMA? You will be finding me at SEMA all week, yes. We'll <laughs> be finding myself and my company, Captain out of Quit of Leather. Uh, that's really our big show. That's our Super Bowl every year. And that's where this year we will really be putting out some new product that uh, we think, I think, as a designer especially, is uh, very, very breakthrough, very interesting, very innovative, and um, we're really looking forward to what's going to happen in about a week and a half from today. Very cool. Well, this show is going to be airing the week of SEMA, so you folks listening here that are heading off to Las Vegas, make sure you check out the CatScan booth at the SEMA show. So, Dave, I told our listeners just a little bit about you. Please take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. It's, uh, you may not be able to get me to stop talking this no problem. <laughs> you know, it's a uh, I'm a, I live in two worlds. I live in a car world and I live in a design and art world. And uh, that's, those are my two, I think, passions that I think drive me uh, just about every day of my life since I was, I think, a, a young boy. I was always drawing things and I had a great influence in my, in my life, which was my older brother, who was kind of a hot rodder back in the late 60s. And uh, he had a lot of cars and I would kind of watch him look at the cars. And that's where I got, I think, sort of the, the car religion or the hook got put in me. At the same time, I was like to draw things. So it was kind of this natural progression, I guess you might say, or evolution that I got really interested in drawing cars. And I think that's not true. 
too uh, unusual for, you know, boys to do that anyway. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, and I was fortunate enough to be uh, in the neighborhood or within the, uh, how should I say, the, uh, the area of the Art Center College. Oh, yeah. At that time, it was down in Los Angeles in the Wilshire District, Hancock Park District. And, uh, you know, I was able to go there when I was even in junior high and high school and see the place. And I thought, wow, this looks pretty cool. So by the time I got out of high school and, and was ready to go to college, I had moved up to Pasadena. And for me, it was, there was no question about what I wanted to do. The hard thing was, well, are they gonna, am I going to be okay to go there? So I really focused my, uh, you know, uh, development on being able to get into Art Center and excel at Art Center. And for me, it was just like uh, I was in a place that was just full of like-minded people that were not just in car design, but in advertising, graphic design, and photography, and this kind of stuff. That was just this focal point and this point of acceleration where uh, you could really grow as a designer and as an individual. And that's what then led me, you know, into the automotive field. At that time, everyone was really focused on, I think, going to, or how should I say, going to General Motors or Ford or Chrysler back in Detroit. And I was fortunate enough to have a job offer to go to Europe for four years uh, with Peugeot. Nice. And, um, and I thought, first I had to find France on a map. <laughs> uh, you know, I was like, okay. And, uh, but they were rebuilding their design uh, department at the time. They had just purchased Chrysler of Europe, and this was back in the early 80s. And they were restructuring, and they hired a whole bunch of young designers from the, from the U.S., from Art Center, from the CCS in Detroit, and from the Royal College of Art in, in England. And so I joined a young team of guys, transplants and expatriates over there. Stayed there for about four, or about four years. Really enjoyed it. It fabulous. You know, to me, a small car at the time was a Chevy Nova. Yeah. And I got over to Europe. It's like, oh, my God, you see the little Fiat 500 and <laughs> Citroen Ducevos. And you think, no, that's a small car. So you really learn a lot. It was like, it really was a continuance of my education, I guess you might say. Sure. And then living abroad was always a, you know, just something I never thought I'd be able to do. And it was just such an amazing experience to have as a young person, I guess is the best way to say it. And then I was lucky enough that, uh, years after that to join Mitsubishi when they first came to the U.S. in 1984. And uh, I was one of three people that were the first initial designers hired by Mitsubishi at that time. And uh, I had a real good long run at Mitsubishi, maybe uh, 20 plus years. Wow. Where I was fortunate enough to, to work on uh, all the generations of Eclipses and Monteros and Montero Sports and Galants. We did all of the uh, show cars for, for NAS, for North American International Auto Show in Detroit, for the Los Angeles Auto Show. And also we did a lot of work. We were very much an international student, so we did a lot of work for European products and the Frankfurt Auto Show. And likewise for the Japanese domestic market and, uh, had show cars done for the Tokyo Motor Show. So that was a fabulous um, experience, uh, over 20 years, not a quarter century of, uh, of fun and great people. Uh, but then, you know, I had a great opportunity to come and join Caskin Automotive Leather here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like, um, you know, this was a company on the move, progressing, growing with an eye on the future, and they were looking for someone to come in and create a design entity within the company. And it just seemed like a fabulous opportunity to take something and create an energy within the company that didn't exist previously. And um, I think what, what I'm hoping, and thank you for inviting people to come out to SEMA, is if you come to our booth, you'll see things that we're doing with interiors that people have or would not expect to see. In other words, uh, you know, everyone knows you can do things with the outside of the car, car, but what we're able to do is to take that same creative energy and turn it inward, if you will, mm-hmm. and do things to the interior that are 
personal to custom, affordable, and very easy to do. So that's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah. And uh, it's something that is very uh, you know new and innovative. Very cool. Very cool. Sounds like a lot of fun. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Dave, take the wheel. That's a great question, and it's a difficult one to answer. But I think there's two of them that are sort of two answers I have that are sort of related. The one is, I think it's the old Henry Ford. If he hadn't given people what they were asking for, they would have asked for a faster horse. And I think <laughs> what Henry Ford did was he created a car. And, and, and the second one is, I think it's the Steve Jobs quote, that sort of like, you know, people don't really know what they want until they see it. Mm. And um, I think that's really true with in design. And uh, there's a whole, how should I say, history of product development and uh, innovation that, you know, if you have that attitude and you want to sort of go beyond what we see and know and understand now, it's a great way to be because it's sort of, it's very, it's a, it's very fundamental and inspiring creativity. Sure. Uh, so it's, let's, let's give people what they, what they don't, maybe are asking for and they're in, within that you'll find success. Uh, a great example of that, and I have a picture of it on my wall here in my studio is there's a great picture of Leah Coca and I think it's one of the other vice presidents of Ford standing in front of a Falcon and a 64 Mustang. Mm -hmm. You know, from that Falcon came the Mustang. I think everyone knows that. But someone at Ford had the vision to say, you know, it's 1959 or 58, whenever the idea came up, there's this opportunity, opportunity to create this new type of car that no one's ever seen before. And they took very humble beginnings of the, the, the underpinnings of a normal car, the Falcon, and they created a shape and a, and a, uh, a product that when people saw it, they said, I got to have it. Mm-hmm. They got really inspired by it. And I think that's what is really drives, I think, myself and a lot of other designers I know to try and achieve those, those new breakthrough products. Great quotes. I love both of those quotes. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment you remember in your life when you really knew you were a car guy? Yeah, you know, I think like I said before, I was sort of influenced. I was hanging around with a lot. Of, you know, I was about eight years old with a lot of guys who had hot rods and stuff. And I think it was just seeing the big tires under the bodies of the Chevelles and the Camaros and all those other cars that were sort of floating around my neighborhood that were my brother's cars and my friends and my brothers that really thought like, wow, that's really, really cool. And I think it's just this um, thing that happens to you. It's like this epiphany where you say, wow. And you react to it very in a very visceral, very emotional way. Mm-hmm. And like that looks right. Something's pulling you toward the way that works, even more than the way it sounds. But there's a soul and an energy to that, to that object that just pulls you in. I think you, otherwise, whether it's a blessing, a curse, a disease, or, a, you know, <laughs> or, 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 or you know, something else. But uh, I think that's what it was, was around those times and seeing, and I remember seeing, I think it was a 69 Shelby GT at an auto show. Mm-hmm. And that had the fast Talladega style rear, uh, rear window on it and those hood scoops. And I think that just did it. You know, that was, I was, I was done at that point. <laughs> you got bit. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Yep. I understand. Been there, done that. I want to crawl under the hood now and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that particular situation? 
and what did you learn from it? You know, that's a very great question. And I think, you know, when you spend 20 plus years in an OEM studio developing production cars, every day is a puzzle and you have your, your dreams and your concepts that on paper that you have to get sent through the system to get them to be produced and pushed out to a factory making 40, 50,000 units per year. And I think that's what is the, um, the biggest there's always sort of a challenge, but there was always the greatest reward was how do you solve that problem mm-hmm. of getting your designer this new thing that we're talking about? How do you get that through? I think whether it's a, a big company like a General Motors or Mitsubishi or even a smaller company sometimes, uh, like Tatskin, where there are production processes in place, but you want to do something new, how do you work with the teams and the people and the engineers and the production people to make that happen? So I don't know whether... I think it was one, you know, one, uh, how should I say, uh, experience or, or several that add up to it. I'll, I'll share a quick story. Mm-hmm. The first generation Eclipse had a hood bulge on it, if anybody remembers that car. But the hood bulge was asymmetrical, it was off to one side. Yeah. And where that came from was we were over in Japan, the cars were done, the clay models were signed off, all the, uh, all the, all the VPs and executives had said, yes, this is perfect, build this car. And then the next day in an engineering meeting, uh, an engineer came in with this drawing and the, he had lifted up the hoods like three inches and we were looking out like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> and it was the, uh, the belt cover for the double overhead cam engine. Ah. He said, well, you guys all wanted, you know, extra horsepower and torque and the double overhead cam. Well, here's the engine. Right. Know? Now it doesn't and, fit uh, under your hood. <laughs> Now it doesn't fit under the hood, right? So we spent, it was, I think we spent three days and nights working 24 seven with, you know, ways to uh, avoid rising up, raising the hood on that, on that car. Mm-hmm. And what we ended up with was this, you know, asymmetrical hood bulge. And in a way that became kind of a signature for that, for the yeah. Eclipse for a couple of generations. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, it was the 4G63 engine, I think it was, but, uh, was a brute of a motor uh, and was a real, you know, a, a class leader at the time. But I think that was one of the things where it's like if you sort of embrace the challenge, sometimes you can end up with a result that's very, very successful. Wasn't there a Triumph that had a bulge on the right side or back in the 60s, I think? Yeah, TR4. TR4, yeah. Yeah, four or yeah, six, yeah, yeah. same thing. There was is for the carburetors, I believe, uh, because yeah, they stuck yeah. up a little bit. So, yeah, you know, sometimes... The uh, simplest concept becomes a very cool design element that uh, people attribute to the car for a long time forward. So great story. I love that. How about shifting gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum? I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments. I like to say it's when the headlights came on and illuminated your (laughs) way for this new idea, this new direction. Do you like the way I segued there? And uh, tell us the steps that you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Oh, that's a tougher one, I think. I think it's, again, and I, I just got to kind of pull back and maybe, it, I don't think there was one. I think there was just many of those. Mm-hmm. And I think it's those moments when you, whether it was all four of those eclipses, because each one of the eclipses, for example, was all about going over the horizon with the design. It wasn't so much looking backwards and doing things retro. It was over the horizon. What's what's really going to be the newest thing, newest looking thing on the road? Uh-huh. And uh, I think each one of those cars, we learned along the way that, you know, you have to push it really, really hard in the beginning. You have to really swing for the fence sometimes just to get a, uh, you know, a base head, if you will. 
So you have to start with a really, really strong concept to, so that by the time it goes through this production process, that, you know, you have something that does indeed move the needle. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's the same thing, whether it's a, you know, a large company like a, you know, a big OEM or something that we're doing here nowadays is to really, really push the needle with these interiors. We've got to really push the, in the, on the design side, push it very, very strong so that when it comes into production, we've got something that, again, really resonates with, with consumers and really, really gets people's attention and looks good. And that's, you know, that's, I think, you know, it's kind of interesting thing about design now, you know, in products and automobiles, you know, most cars are very reliable and most oh, yeah. cars are very, very safe and most cars get very, very good fuel economy. And, you know, so what, what's really selling cars now is really the, the car's image and how it looks and uh, the styling, the design, all those, all those attributes are playing much, a much bigger role. And, and even more so on the interiors now, you know, so much energy is putting, being put into interiors and that's what we're trying to do here is like really take it to the next level but at the same time to get that to get that result you've got to put a lot of energy into the beginning of the process yeah interiors i understand are the most difficult part of a car to design i've had many designers on the show and not too long ago michael robinson who's oh yeah yeah beginning stories of his life is very much like yours going off to europe and he's he never came back from italy but uh he worked all over the place, but he was saying interiors of cars, that's the toughest. I, I can only imagine because of all the complexities and so forth. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular you could share with us today? Oh, it's the one yet to come, you know? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's in two weeks at SEMA. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, I think, um, you know, one of the proudest moments I remember was, I think, standing on the stage at the Detroit Auto Show, introducing the Eclipses and being part of the part of the teams, because that is such a, uh, I don't know if, if I can say the word rush, you know, uh, but it's sort of like, I think it would be like pitching in the World Series, uh-huh. um, being the starting quarterback uh, in the Super Bowl, because you, for just that 10, 15 minutes of, of, of time, uh, while you're on stage at the auto show and you're presenting the car, you're talking to the media about it. That vehicle is really at the center of the universe, and you are part of that. Yep. And I think that's really just a thrill that you can't um, uh, replicate or explain, or it's just an amazing feeling. I think that's what everybody works for for the, for the years and year or years that it takes to develop that uh, right. uh, that that product and to make that happen. And then, of course, to see the reception from people, they, you know, they, from the journalists like yourself who look at it and say, wow, that's, that's really cool. And you see, then it goes in, you see the, the uh, how should I say, the, the response from dealers and your customers. Um, you know, that's a really great feeling because, again, it's that fulfillment of something that starts on a, on a sketch pad or a, or a laptop screen or whatever it is and ends up as a product that's in the showroom. That's a pretty cool uh, feeling to have. Well, your answer reminds me of the answer that Dr. Ferry Porsche gave when he was asked, what's your favorite Porsche? And he said the next one. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. As a designer and an engineer, you're always looking ahead to, oh, what can I do next? What can I do next? Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. The first, this may sound really strange, I love cars like like crazy, but I've never owned a lot of like race cars or collector cars or stuff like this. It's kind of interesting, I think, because I'm involved in so much, uh, how should I say, on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> I think it's I can't afford the car that I really want, so uh, I'm not sure I'd be able to really 
use it or drive it the way I'd like to. So uh, until that day, I, it still will remain uh, uh, a dream, I guess. But um, the first really special car that I owned uh, was a Matra Bagheera. Oh, my gosh. And that is, yeah, that's when I was living in France, and I bought it for my old boss who was kind of done with it. And uh, so the folks out there that don't know what that is, it's a, it's a mid-engine fiberglass body, Matra chassis, I should say, and I think it had a, uh, what was the engine, a Simca four-cylinder with twin Solex cars, fiberglass body, and it's a three-seater. So it has one driver's seat, obviously. And then the passenger seat is a bench that's sort of split into in, in half, if you will. So it's like it's a 30, 40, 40 kind of a thing, you mm-hmm. know, or a 40, 30, 30, I guess you might say. Yeah. And it's got a manual. And that car was just the most fun, most unusual, interesting car to own. And uh, it had a, I had a short life with it. I crashed it. Of oh, no. Uh, and, uh, you know, which uh, was is, is kind of, so it was fun while it lasted, this kind of thing. But that was a very fun car, very unusual car. Uh, I've seen there was a successor to it called the Murano, which I think I, they brought a couple of them over to the U.S., and I see one once in a while down here in Orange County. Sure. But for the most part, uh, that was probably about the most unusual, fun uh, car I owned. But, you know, driving that around England and driving it around Paris was a lot of fun, too. Wow. Well, that sounds like a really, really interesting first car. Very different. First, You're the first one with the uh, Bugari here <laughs> on Cars, yeah, so. How about current projects? You know, SEMA's coming up, and I'd love for you to share a little bit with our audience more about CatScan because the seats that you guys are creating, when I first started learning about your company quite a while ago, I talked to some friends, and they said, oh, they make seat covers, and I know that's not really what you do. So can you explain a little bit about CatScan and the products that you guys are creating for people and how they're sold and how people can get these yeah, and thank you for, for, for that, because we are a little bit misunderstood. We Catskin is the largest supplier of ready-to-install leather interiors. What we do is we make patterns interiors for about 3,000 cars, going back to about the mid-1980s. Our focus really is in late model vehicles, so in other words, everything you know from uh, the bulk of our sales annually is um, late model vehicles. Uh, we have, and they're mostly everything from any car that we can supply, any car that has a cloth interior. So we do all the domestics, most of the Asian models. Uh, we do a few European cars, but we don't do a lot of BMWs and Mercedes because they already come with a lot of Where we thrive in this industry, the reason why we are here is because leather is the number one asked for item when people buy a car. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting that when people go into a dealership, they say, you know, I want this, this, and this, and I'd like a leather interior. Okay. The problem is, is that to get leather, there's usually a walk or the price goes way, way up. So you have to end up buying the limited model or the XLE or something like that where the cloth car, as nicely trimmed as it can be at the LE level or the mid-level, will have a, you know, it's got a cloth interior, and that's, that's what people don't want. So the walk generally between a cloth car and a leather car usually is about four to $5,000, in other words, the price difference. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, it's really, well, you might know, it's probably about sometimes as much as $8,000, and on a truck, it could be as much as $10,000. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, so a, a consumer can get a leather interior that fits arguably just as good, if not better, and an OEM interior uh, with the same quality, the same engineering spec, the same uh, guarantee, everything like that, 
for a fraction of the cost. Okay. And so that's been the model that Tapskin has been using for, for about 25, 30 years now. And what we've been able to do in the past recent years is we've added design to that. So as the body experience have become more, let's say, you know, expressive, through design we're allowed to offer the customers and, and dealers, a lot of these interiors are sold to dealers, more ways to customize or personalize these, these interiors of these cars. So if you have a, a car like even from the Toyota Camry to a Hyundai Sonata, and you want to turn it, you want to give it more of a, of a feeling of a Lexus mm-hmm. or something a little bit more upmarket, our interiors allow this to happen. If you have a, a base model Silverado or F-150 and you want to take it up to the LTZ level or beyond, uh, say do something that's almost like better looking or more expressive or interesting than the Ranch, we allow that to happen. Okay. And what we have is we have an in, we're sort of the first in the industry. We have a configurator online so that you as a consumer can, if you've got, let's say, for example, an F-150, you go to catskin.com and you go to the vehicle interior select. There's a very easy, there's a start button there. You push that and you can pull up your car and then you can pull up all the designs that are available for that car. So in other words, if you have a black interior, there's five different designs you can have for that that will match very, very well to this black interior. And the designs range really from, how should I say, a very predictable or conservative, maybe it's just an accent sketch or something like this, all the way through like a range of two tones. And the two tones might include perhaps maybe some carbon fiber strips on it or some different types of perforation or something that is really, really kind of concept car-like. Mm-hmm. And what I bring to the table is the level of execution that is at an OEM level. So we're not doing stuff that looks aftermarket. We're doing stuff that looks as good as what the OEMs can do. And I don't like to think maybe we're doing, sometimes we're doing stuff that maybe even exceeds what the OEMs are doing. Nice. So if this, I hope that's all makes sense. It's a little oh, yeah. complicated, but our biggest challenge in Chatskin, I'm very happy to share this with anyone, is that we are our segment, our product category, not that many people know you can do this to your car. Mm-hmm. And, um, we want to change that. <laughs> we yeah. really want to change that yeah. uh, in a big way. And like I mentioned before, you know, everyone knows uh, you can do all these great things with your outside of your car, your exterior. But um, nobody really knows you have that opportunity to do it to your interior and also how easy it is. And on the fulfillment side, if I can take a minute to talk about that, is say, for example, you go to the website with, and you pick out your design for your F-150 or your Camaro or your Honda or whatever it is. We have our stylers, and these are inst- certified insula- installation shops around the country. You can contact them, and you can bring your car there. They do the installation, or you can contact us, and we can refer you directly to an installation place near you in the part of the country that you're in. We're all across the U.S., from all 50 states plus Canada, so we, there's not a place in the U.S. we really don't cover. And like I said, and we do everything from Chevy Sparks to Sonatas to Corollas to you name it. We probably have a pattern for it. And we have designs for it, too, which is the fun part. You know, you can, you can personalize your car. What we are also offered through this configurator is design selection. And I always tell people, you know, when you go to a nice restaurant, you don't want to go into the kitchen and make the meal. You trust that chef to, to make that steak or that halibut or whatever it is you've ordered to make that 
a delicious entree to make that. You trust his judgment as a chef. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing through these pre-designed interiors, is you're trusting that chef, which in this case is me, to create this <laughs> interior, that when it's installed, you say, wow, look at that. In the old days, you could allow people to design their own. And you know, kind of people really aren't designers. Mm-hmm. They kind of know what they want, but they don't. Right. And an automobile interior is way too complex of an animal to try and tackle yourself. Because a lot of times you can create something, it's sort of like, you know, it's like, wow, you know, did you really want to do that? <laughs> yeah. And you can get yourself into trouble. Sort of like, you know, you sort of, even when you paint the inside of your house, sort of like you want to consult, you know, someone like, is this, you know, what are these colors and these textures really going to look like? Sure. So we're making it really easy for the consumer to go and select an interior and offer them a range, from everything from basic black or tan or beige through a range of very, very exciting visual designs that they can, can have. The cool part, too, and i got to add this in there, too, is that from the time that the order is placed to the time of the installation is within 48 hours. Wow. And that's the, yeah, that's the real beauty of this whole uh, business that we have here is because you don't want to wait for anything. Nobody wants to wait for anything. Right. So if you go to that restyler or you place that order and the order is received here in the morning, that what we call the kit, the interior is made. It's sewn here, right here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then it is FedEx to the installation shop that night wow. so that they have it the next day when your car is there. It usually takes three or four hours to do the installation. So you can order this on Monday and drive it home on Wednesday. Very cool. Very cool. It's a really neat process. Uh, it's a great way to add value to your car. Uh, it's a great way to enjoy your car more. I always tell people, you know, like, marriage or should I say, you know, the outside of your car is like dating because that's what you fall in love with, right? Mm-hmm. You walk up to it and say, wow, this is really beautiful. But let's face it, the interior is like marriage because that's what you live with every day, right? Sure. As nice as the instrument panels and the door panels and the consoles on cars are now, the cloth seats are kind of sometimes the peter that gets robbed to pay the pall, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And they, the, the fabrics are usually very, very, not very glamorous. They're very, you know, sometimes we call it decontented. And then this allows you to put back. Sometimes it gets taken off in the editing process to make that tar. So um, it adds value. It adds personalization, customization. And the experience of having a leather interior, once once you have one, you never want to go back to cloth. It's, it's sort of like uh, flying first class. You never want to go back to the back of the plane again, you know? <laughs> It's a, it's a real terrific, uh, but it's much less, much more affordable than flying first class. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, very cool. I appreciate you explaining all that. I think our listeners have a very clear idea of what you guys offer there and the opportunities, and in many ways probably have enlightened a lot of listeners go, wow, I didn't know that that was possible. So I love it. Catskin, check it out. All right, now here's a very introspective question for you, Dave. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yes, you got some good questions. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think I would go, at this time of my life, I would be efficient. I'd say fast. I would say calculated, fun to drive, easy to own, and a car that other cars would want to be driving down the road with. Yeah. If that makes sense. Sure. So if it, if it was a brand, I don't know. I, guess, I think I'd go back to that. You know, the car really hasn't, if I was a car, I haven't been designed yet. <laughs> Because it's, I think it would be just the kind of thing that you just, and I think flexibility too, because I have so many different interests. I'd like one car if I was, let me be able to do all those things that 
I like to do. So, yeah. you know, you could go to the mountains, you, you know, you go to the mountains, you go to the beach. It would be a very, almost like a running shoe, if you will, hmm. uh, cross trainer. Okay. So I think that's what, if I was a car, I guess I'd be a cross, uh, you know, sometimes a cross trainer car. Well, I was going to say, uh, yeah, probably some kind of a sport activity vehicle. Uh, maybe it's an X6, maybe with an M applied to it. BMW, that'd be pretty cool. You know, uh, Mercedes is coming out with a new car like that. All right, Dave, well, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, uh, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products Deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CARSYA.com slash sponsors. All right, Dave, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Ready. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? That's an easy one. And it's three, three words. Keep it simple. <laughs> yes. And I think I can, so, I can really apply this to design. You can really apply it to everything in life. But yeah. It's keep it simple. Keep it simple. I, I'll add another S to that, to the old KISS uh, yeah. concept. <laughs> I but I like to say keep it simple, silly, instead of stupid, like a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, there you go. Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know how, but I don't want to add the, S on the, the extra S on the radio. But, yeah, uh, no, that's it's okay. It's applicable, yes. Yeah. I get it. Will you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? You know, I've been lucky because uh, I love what I do. And I think that has always made me a self-starter. Um, you know, I've always been coming to the studio and you know exactly what you got to do or what you want to do. And I think that's the, the best advice or, you know, that, that you can give someone or be part of that is love what you do. And that just, that self-starter, that, that you know, that, that passion that drives you. Yeah, absolutely. Really the, the, the best answer. Oh, know? yeah. How about resources? I know there are a lot out there, but is there one in particular you could share with our listeners? Yeah, so you know, for design and things like, especially car, you know, I'm, I'm a big auto blog and zoopic guy. So that's my first, you know, after the coffee in the morning, that's my, you know, that's my next uh, uh, stop on in my path during the day. Uh, the guy that used to run the Nissan Studio a few years back was named Gerald Hirschberg, and he wrote a great book called The Creative Priority. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to read a great book about car design and the process and this kind of stuff, that's uh, fascinating. Whether you're a designer or not, or just interested in things like this in cars, it's a great read. It's a really, really interesting read. Well, you answered my next question, a, a great book, so we'll make sure that we... Oh, okay. <laughs> that's good. We'll make sure we include that on your show notes page. And I'll remind our listeners... You can find all these great links at carsyad.com slash Dave O'Connell. And there's also a great place on the Carsyad website called Guest Recommended Books, where Dave's book, 
and all the other books that our guests here on Cars have recommended with quick, easy links so you can get your hands on those reads. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question, Dave, can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'm going to write the check. What would that one vehicle be and why? Okay, I'm not going to hesitate with this. So it would be 64 Jaggy type. Ooh, okay, so a Series 1. Series 1, yeah. I'm six foot five, and it takes me 15 minutes to crawl inside one. I feel like John Glenn getting into Freedom 7. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I would do it for that car. Yeah. But I just love them. I could do a Series 2 also, but I think just the purity and the, uh, the originality, if you will, mm-hmm. of the Series 1 was offers a little bit more validation to it. But without a doubt, I think that car to me still is just this timeless, gorgeous object that um, whether it's moving or sitting in the driveway or whether the hood is open or closed, it doesn't matter. It's just a fabulous automobile. It's a fabulous design. It's beautiful. I, I could go on forever about it, but that's that's the one. It's got to be red, too, I think. Red. Yeah. Okay, red. Do you want a coupe or a convertible? Oh, no. It's got to be the three-door coupe, for sure. Coupe. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think there was just something we're going, you know, talking about cars before, but, you know, that uh, the coffin door, you know, the side opening hatch. No one's done that since, I don't think. That, that is such a strong character and such a strong uh, signature for that car. It's just such a milestone. So that whole car is, that's me. Malcolm Sayer was the designer of that car, I believe. And, I think you're right, right. Yeah. And it was all very inspired from aircraft yep. and the yeah. whole monocoque thing. And just they sort of reshuffled the deck on the car. They didn't make it the way, you know, they, they did it in a different way. And uh, because they made it in a different way, the results were different. I think that was a real real turning point for car design. Yeah, he was an aircraft designer. And, uh, you know, it's that's the car that kicked it all off for me. My dad, our listeners have heard this story a few times. My dad bought me my first Matchbox by Lesney in 65. Oh. And uh-huh. it was a, it was a E-type coupe. I still have it sitting here on my desk. Oh, wonderful. Yep. Wonderful. And, and it's red. So uh, yeah. given what those cars cost today, I might have to send you that one instead of the real car. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, yeah, they they become quite unobtainium price point wise, but they are absolutely beautiful. Dave, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing some time today and sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 64 Jaguar coupe? (laughs) Well, in my mind, I'm in the the Jag already, you know. Let me say first, Mark, thank you for your time this afternoon and allowing me to come on your show. Sure. Just, you know, Keep it fun. Keep it fun. Uh, cars are, you know, amazing objects. There's they're, they're so many different flavors. There's so many different things. Uh, you can go back. You can go forward. And I'm saying, like, go back with um, back in time with the cars and enjoy older cars. You can thrive on what's coming out next. Uh, we have the SEMA show coming up, which is going to be, you know, four buildings full of fabulous, you know, new products. We've got the LA Auto Show coming up and the Detroit Auto Show. So just get out there and enjoy it all. Absolutely. And just, uh, you know, I would say if you can take a class in basic design just to help you understand what, what some of the stuff is about or a drawing class, even though if you've never taken a, an art class in your life, go try it. It might open up your eyes to, uh, you know, why cars look the way they do and this kind of thing. But if not, that's no big deal. Just go out and enjoy them anyway. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, it's a great industry. It's a great, uh, they're great things. And just go have fun with them. 
What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Catskin? The best way is go to our fabulous website. And it's a little plug for our great marketing team. And that's uh, www.catskin, it's K-A-T-Z-K-I-N.com. So go explore it. Check out the uh, vehicle interior selector with the start button. Cruise through it and um, and check it out and see what you think. You can contact us and we'll get, get these interiors in your car. Yeah, absolutely. Explore the options and have some fun at catskin.com. Yeah, great. Well, listeners, you can find links again to everything we've talked about here today at carsyeah.com slash Dave O'Connell. Or just put Dave in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. Dave, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and expertise and sharing your experiences with our listeners. We'll see you at SEMA. And until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Okay, Mark. Sounds good. Thanks much. We'll see you at SEMA. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.